Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got your boy Pete here, and uh, got a very boring conversation for you. Yeah, yes. it's going to be cool. Got Jesse on with us to uh, talk with uh, about some Bayou stuff. As you can see, wearing the Bayou shirt. Uh, if anybody's been paying attention to anything I say, which I know I bounce back and forth between factions like, you know, who were, but uh, Bayou's always home. And going to a big GT, I was like, I need to play the faction that I have the most reps with, and it's the Bayou. So, plus, they're awesome. Yeah, I've been kind of in the same boat. I've been, um, I've been kind of soloing Thunders for a while now. Um, yeah. like a couple of months and I just wrapped up the last local tournament that I was going to run them in and uh, decided it's time to get back to Bayou. So yeah, actually, I think, I think you were, uh, you're pretty hardcore in Misaki, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing, um, on my podcast, we're actually recording tomorrow night, a Misaki deep dive. So Sweet. I was trying to get as many reps as I could in with her, uh, to make sure I was fresh. Um, and there are so many like keywords and titles and, you know, these new crews coming out and, I think it's awesome to have fa- uh, you know podcasts doing more of these kind of deep dives because yeah. it's it's a complicated game and it's good to hear kind of how some players are you know directing their focus mm-hmm. as far as the keywords go. Yeah, I really think it it helps um, with you know even players that have been in the game for a while. Yeah, maybe get more interested in a keyword that they've just never really put much stock in. And, or or uh, just know how to play against it. Yeah, or just know how to play against it. Absolutely. But yeah, so we're going to talk about Kin, we're going to get into it, uh, we'll have a quick discussion before we get into the keyword, and then uh, before we do that, though, make sure that you guys are checking us out. This is all going on YouTube, uh, because of our awesome patrons, we were able to kind of upgrade a little bit, so the video content, I just kind of parse it together, put up some card images, put up some model images as we kind of talk and discuss, that way it's kind of easier for some people to follow along if they, like... Oh, well, you're talking about this ability on Ophelia's card, so it's cool to see it kind of right next to everybody. Nice. But still have the audio format, because if you're kind of like me and you're driving in the car, sometimes you just want to put a podcast on. Yeah, and then if you guys want to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, you can do that as well. we got the Discord channel. Uh, you can usually just talk to somebody and or even, you know, directly message me through the various whatever things you see me on, and I'll just shoot you the link for it. And then finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that patreon.com slash ragequitwire where you can support us for as little as a dollar. So when we're playing Bayou, Jesse, there's one question we have to ask. When we look at all these pools for gaining grounds three, we have to say, why not just play Maw Tucket? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, for for me anyway, and I I know you as well. That's kind of the perennial question. Um, So so let's kind of start before we get into why not Maw. Uh-huh. Let's do a quick kind of like, why is Maw generally just like your first go-to option when you're looking at a pool? So the thing that I really like about Ma is that her keyword is huge. Huge. And literally every model is good. She does not have a single dud at all. 
Uh, even getting down to test subjects, they can do work. Uh, survivors do tons of work. I'd say um, survivors are my least favorite, but they're still, you know, they still can do work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're, especially for, um, I, I think survivors in particular are going to be really good in GG3 because they're great at taking and holding ground and just sticking around. Um, yeah. I've already used them to great effect in uh, Covert and Guard the Stash. Um, they're just really annoying to shift. Um, they can kind of help out set up their own movement with their uh, magnetism. And they just, it just takes so much effort to put them down. Uh, it can be very frustrating for opponents unless they really lay into them. So, yeah, I, I'm a big Survivor fan. Not of the show, but of the uh, of the model. Yeah, definitely not the show. <laughs> the show's terrible. Sorry, Sorry y'all. Uh, at any rate, so, yeah, for me, it's a combination of a really diverse keyword that has fantastic models all around, um, a very flexible play style, one that you can really adjust to suit whatever map you're on. You can change your hires based on your opponent and what their strengths and weaknesses are going to be. Uh, and I, the other thing I like about it, too, is that it is a little bit of a finesse keyword. Like, if you just kind of YOLO and, you know, run up to midfield and don't really Things take some extra care, you'll get rolled. Because your models don't really have that much in the way of defensive tech. Yep. Um, for the majority of them, even Ma, like she herself is not that hard to kill. I mean, she's, you know, defense six, willpower five, scamper. That's it. That's it. Stones. <laughs> that, that, that's it. So usually people look at, you know, frontline beater masters and they say, oh, well, I mean, there's no armor. There's no hard to kill. There's no hard to wound. This master sucks. Well, <laughs> not Ma me. is uh, certainly not that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. She and can... I think, I think the reason why I kind of go to her usually first is just because, like you said, the keyword is so huge. It's It can be fast, it can be mobile, it can be heavy hitting, it can be evasive. Uh, it can, you know, get... the. I think the biggest thing that I like, though, besides those things and other things that I'm failing to mention right now, is really just, one, Maw can be a beater, right? So her wooden spoon is just disgusting. I mean, it's three, four, five with crit strikes. I mean, you can boost that up twice. A uh, handful of snakes is never too bad. Obviously, a horrible hollering for the pulse, you know, focus when you need it. Um, and then just pit traps, I think, are one of the biggest things because that sets up so many dirty combos with Maw where you're just, yeah. you're hitting things that are only defense one as opposed to, you know, whatever their defense originally was. And it's just pinging damage. She has models that can lure you into it. She has models that can push you around. She has diving charge, so that helps her kind of get where she needs to go. And then the uh, the last things that I'm just like, this is why I love Maw, is just careful planning and ill omens kind of together. Yeah. Um, careful planning, basically, it makes it where you're, you know, flipping for initiative. And even if you know you're not going to win it, you still can cheat something to give you great effect. Obviously, one of my favorites is the cheat a tome in on the initiative flip to draw two cards. Mm -hmm. That's never a bad thing to help fix your hand. Uh, you can get pass tokens, which can be huge. If if you know your opponent's trying to kill a model, you can cheat in the crow, put shield, or you can move them. But shield two is usually great on a model. I mean, I've had somebody going in trying to kill Gracie, and then I'm just like, oh, cool, you know, I'll just throw an extra, you know, two shield on top of her two armor that she probably has, and now she's probably not going to die. So lots of situations where she's just so flexible. Uh, if you bring her and you bring Trixie Bell, you can get ill omens for plus two. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, there's a lot of good things going on with this keyword where I think as a Bayou player, 
you should look at a pool and just be like, it doesn't matter the deployment, doesn't matter what the schemes are. Ma can pretty much do all of them. Yeah. And it's one of those that it does, it does take practice, like I said. You know, yeah. I mean, she... But once you get the practice in, it can be very rewarding. And her keyword does a good job of dealing with some of the weaknesses that Bayou have as a faction. Um, like, playing Ma with a bunch of bushwhackers and pit traps is probably the best source of... Um, like dealing with high armor, high yep. shielded crews that Bayou has, because we don't really have that much for armor piercing. Yep. Damn. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can just it, like you you run Ma into Hoffman, and you're like, all right, cool. I don't care that you have armor too. I'm gonna ping you five times this activation, um, and then I'm gonna do it three more times next activation, and you're gonna die. Yeah, and I've even had it where I play against a lot of armor Jesse, and I'm like, oh crap, I brought Zip. Let me go ahead and second master Ma in to help deal with this, so I can just dunk models into it. So definitely good. Yeah, for sure. And like to your point from before, she's she kind of is the total package. Like she has resource generation, she has pass token generation, she has high damage output, she has high mobility, she can give out focus to her keywords, so her actions and her keywords actions end up being very efficient. Um she can kind of just do whatever you need her to do. So to that point, you know, why not Ma? It's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and that's the question next then. So we're talking about kin. So I think before we go, okay, we're going to select kin. And we are going to talk about, obviously, this the rest of the podcast. But what would be something that you see in a pool or something you see in a matchup, that a potential matchup because you only know the faction, that you're like, eh, I think I need to bring kin here. Yeah, I could probably do Maw, but kin might do it a little better in this situation. So where's that kind of situation fall for you? Yeah, for sure. So... A part of it is going to come down to a little bit of meta knowledge. Um, if I have sure. a good read that my opponent is going to be taking, in particular, incorporeal or models that ignore severe hazardous terrain, that's a big hit on my Matuket playstyle. Yep. So if I get a feel that my opponent's going to be playing like you know Jack Daw or Kirai or um, uh, you know Fey, and they can ignore a lot of the, the ha they can ignore a lot of the severe, even if they're not ignoring the hazardous and being able to slow down and gum up my opponent is kind of one of the things that, that makes Ma shine. Yep. So if I'm looking at a, a relatively killy pool, um, especially in gaining rounds three, like a cursed objects pool is, oof, man, that's like a slam dunk for Kin. Yep. Uh, then I'm really going to seriously consider bringing Ophelia and her crew to the table instead of, you know, Ma Tucket or one of the other ma model, uh, masters rather, that I bring Yeah, probably. I think definitely you see cursed objects you're like, okay, Kin can do this probably just as well as Maw, depending on the board, depending on like what you said you think the matchup is. Mm -hmm. uh, I would also say, we were talking about this yesterday, things like Vendetta, Assassinate. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Ma can do those things, but Kin are really hyper-focused on those things. So Yeah, anytime that I feel like I can leverage the durability that Kin bring to the table, yeah. it is that's really when I'm going to seriously consider them. Because, you know, they, I mean... Realistically speaking, Ma's keyword has more guns, has longer range, and even though they don't necessarily have the damage tracks, um, they have ready access to focus, and they can kind of technically outshoot Kin, yeah. um, but they don't stick around. Um, it can be difficult to do Vendetta with that crew just because most of your models can get knocked out in two shots. Yeah, I mean, not the case. if you get into a Bushwhacker, it's going to die. Whereas yeah. if you get into Raph, or even if you get into... Uh, like even Maris or uh, whatever the little Snip Rammy, you get into them, 
they might survive, you know, an activation or an activation and a half before, you know, they die. I mean, they have the abilities we're going to talk about to do that. And I also think it's funny because kin probably are one of the more tankier parts of the keyword. And it's just funny because literally they are, even in Bayou standards, they're like the tiniest models. Yeah. Like Ophelia's tiny, Rami's tiny, her little, you know, mooning totems are, you know, tiny. It's just, it's a tiny looking keyword because yeah. they are size one, but they fight, man. That's, that's yeah. a crew that they get in there and they'll, they'll hold their ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The kind of pools that I look at for kin, a lot of times I choose them more based on the scheme selection than I do on the strategy. Because yeah. aside, cover, I mean, um, carve a path is, can be a little tricky for kin. Um, just because you do need kind of a lot of AP to get those markers over the Yeah, table we saw half. that last night. Yeah. And then if your opponent is aggressive about denying you, I mean, you're going to spend, you know, three to five AP getting your marker across the table. Your opponent kicks it back once, and now you're back to square one. Yeah. Um, it it kind of takes a lot of steam out of your turn one. Sure. Also, they don't really deal very well with concealment, which I'm sure we'll get into later on in the podcast. So sometimes those strategy markers are creating concealment right in front of your opponent's models can be a real problem. Definitely. Um, so I don't look at them so much for Carve a Path. Uh, or it, they're doable, but really what I'm looking for is a scheme pool that's going to include stuff like Assassinate, um, Hidden Martyrs, um, Vendetta. Vendetta is a big one. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, in, if in you your see face, an assassinate... In your face yeah. is pretty good, too. Yeah, if you see a pool that has, like, in your face, assassinate, vendetta, hidden martyrs, any combination of those four schemes... So um, if you have, you have two of those four is what you're saying. Yeah, at least two of those four. Uh, there's a good likelihood that I'm going to take Kin. There's some other stuff that they do pretty well also, but those are the real standouts. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into some of the other stuff that when we get into the models, we think that they can do well, because there are a lot of schemes where you have to drop scheme markers or have mm -hmm. so many models within that, and Kin does have some flexibility into that, uh, but we'll get into that. Before we do get into the official keyword, I remember at Captain Con, you and I were talking at the end of the tournament, and you were like, well, I hope you had fun with Kin, because... I have a feeling they're going to get the nerf bat, and they <laughs> did a bit. So Rami got touched, and uh, Francois got nerfed into the ground. Uh, yeah. So Rami, the only thing I said that I didn't like that they did is they took away the ignore concealment. A yeah. lot of snipers ignore that. I guess they just thought it was too good, and then they cleaned up the triggers a bit. Uh, I think Rami's still very bringable. I think, oh, yeah. I think you agree with that, because I see him in yeah. most of your list as well. Yeah, he's great. I, st I always take him. Uh, I, I really like having a sniper, uh, just in general, because it kind of forces your opponent into some weird decisions. Yeah. Um, it kind of warps the play field a little bit. In terms of the stuff they did to, they did to him, I do agree with you. I think that the, the, the bridge too far was the removing the concealment ignoring. And, I, and it's just, like I said, a lot of snipers ignore concealment. There's another model in this keyword that also does. It just, it made sense to ignore it, but I guess they just didn't want to see him in as many lists, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what the reasoning behind that change was. Um, getting rid of the, or changing the mask trigger on his gun from a shoot again action to the range stagger is actually pretty nice. And because of the way that snipers work, a lot of times they're shooting from over the 14-inch range. Yeah. So frequently, if you hit that mask trigger, especially turn one or turn two, you might not even be able to take the second shot because nothing is in 
the 14 inch range you've already used a focus to go up to 24. It's true. Um, and having access to staggered uh, is a pretty big deal. It's not really something that Bayou has, except in Ophelia 2 now and, and then a few other things. Um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, and then it, the old crow trigger that he had, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, no, no Witnesses. witnesses. Yeah. Uh, it was super busted on a sniper. Uh, plus one damage <laughs> and ignoring armor on a model that's probably sitting half the board away. Yeah. And never has to deal with that, you know, no other enemy models within 12 thing. It was way, 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 way too good. Uh, it was. Two, two armor-piercing triggers on the same model on different suits, uh, one of which increases damage. Pretty silly. So that needed to go. Well, yeah, I mean, I got lucky last night when we were playing Jesse and Rami just... We were kind of going hard to the cards moment, and I got lucky and got that armor-piercing on Gracie when I was shooting at her. We were both playing Bayou. Yeah. So, uh, and you were just like... And you got the armor piercing, huh? Sounds good. Yeah, and then you flipped severe. I did. On the damage. So, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Gracie. Uh, let's talk about the model that got nerfed into the ground, though. Because I don't think, honestly, I don't think we're going to talk about him again the rest of the podcast. Probably not. So, Francois Lacroix, I have his original card here. Uh, don't show it to me. I'm, I don't want to see it. You can't uh, read it. It's fine. That's sad so, trombone. So, he was, I mean, he was a beat stick. He... Had flurry. He had showdown. He has all the abilities. We'll talk about later once we get into it. Uh, he had this beat stick sword that ended up being stat seven with crit strike two three four. Uh, his gun wasn't terrible, but you really weren't usually doing that. Maybe once you know getting before you got into stuff, maybe you do it. Uh, and then he had ambush. So his card looks really different now. He's he was nine stones. He's still nine stones, and the card is poopy. Yeah, so I, I could go on a whole freaking tirade about all the things that I feel were uh, unnecessary and unnecessary. <laughs> I was personally wronged by this Francois change. Um, to be real, he was way too good before. Um, he was, no, he, he was, was amazing. He was amazing. He was he was too good. He was too good out of keyword because he didn't really rely on any other keyword synergies, and he could fit into any crew. He was super hard to kill um he did way too much damage he like was a second master in your list basically he was a second master so there was a problem so like you know he's essentially stat seven most of the time he had built-in crit strike and you could easily get to min four damage with a stat seven weapon so it was super accurate and did a ton of damage um that i think was probably the biggest problem with this card um his durability was a an issue, but the easy access to stat seven min four was a real problem. So yeah, with the built-in ram on it. Yeah, I mean, so they they ditched the built-in ram, so now he's just two, three, four, and he gets one ram built in on the first action that he takes on his activation. Um, the problem is that he's if you want to use him in the way that he's built right now, he requires a ton of resources, and you pretty much have to go with him first in the yeah. in the turn. Um, which means that by the time you get to Ophelia's activation or one of your other hitters, you know, you've probably had to sync two or maybe even three cards um, maybe into a stone. his activation. Probably a one or two stones. Because, like, to make him work as, like, the tank tar pit that he's designed as right now, you have to use challenge. You have to make sure it hits. Um, and you need the ram. And you need the ram on it. Because you need the showdown trigger. So, but, I mean, that's going to automatically take his rapid reaction. So, right. it's like, oh, that's where your first ram's going. Hope you got more. 
Right, and then it's like, okay, well, now you could go Gremlin Menace, because getting Adversary out in Kin is actually kind of a big deal. It's and nice. Gremlin Menace before used to really stink, um, because he could get hung up on models, it was really easy to block his push lanes, um, and now he does have the trigger to, to get a free attack, which is, you know, pretty cool. Um, you can't take triggers on it because it's generated by a trigger, so it just ends up being a 2-3-4, but, it, you know, it's still an yeah, attack. Better, better nothing. Um... So, in all likelihood, you're probably going to want to get Gremlin Menace off, because getting Adversary out is a big deal. Uh, the Kin keyword is one that struggles with resource management, yep. so the plus flips really help. Um, so now you've used a bonus action with a high card to make sure it hits, and a, you've probably gotten your built-in suit. You're probably using another high card for Gremlin Menace, and you're going to want the ram on that, most likely. So, you know, you're probably using some more resources there. Um... He's then got a couple of attacks. Um, he's not going to have built-in rams on him, so it's just a stat 7, 2, 3, 4, and maybe he'll get crit strikes? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe he'll spike. Maybe. Uh, maybe he'll spike. And then, you know, you are going to probably discard for Flurry. Um, so that's another resource drain. Yeah. And at that point, like, you go with him first, and I've tried him several times since he was adjusted. What ends up happening is you sink four cards into him, and now you don't have any gas left for the rest of the turn. He hasn't really done a whole lot, and your opponent can kind of just ignore him. Like he doesn't do yeah, anything. Before that he was used as a beat stick, and he was almost used as a. I the way the way I used him before he got nerfed is a lot of times you would hold him off, and that way you could activate Ophelia and just try to burn something down or try to you know if you're bringing the second version do some cool things, and they couldn't come into you super hard because he was still there. Right. And they were like, man, if he, I'm taking some damage here. He's got a stat seven sword and he's got flurry and he's hard to kill. And I can't just go into this crew because he's probably going to murder it. Right. Yeah. He was, he was the cleanup. Yeah. You know, he, he was the, the second, uh, the second hitter. He doesn't really serve that role anymore. So now what happens is he goes first, he does all of his stuff. He probably gets, adversary up on a key model and then your opponent just doesn't have to do anything to him they can literally just ignore him um, so do you think because when i look at this model now it almost looks like it's split between trying to be some kind of mini beater but then also they want it to be some kind of setup piece it's almost like it's split between two roles instead of one and yeah. it wants to be a tank so it's almost like three roles yeah i mean he does he does like two or three jobs kind of okay yeah and not they're nine not really job that not not nine stones worth for any of those three jobs, and he the the crew just doesn't really need it. I yeah. mean, what he brings to the table, the crew functions just fine without him. So just save the stones, spend them on something else, and and bank a few more in your cash. Yeah, I was trying because I, I was I played Ken against Nick the other day, and I was starting to look at. Francois and I was a little I mean because some of this stuff looks good when you theoretically look at it but when you see it on the table and you think about when you have to a lot of times I'm not a big fan of models that force activations for yourself so if I'm like I have to activate Francois because then I'm not getting the benefit of this ability or this action that's forcing you to set up that doesn't give you flexibility in your activations which I mean you and I were talking about this last night Jesse where it's like it's so important not just with Kin but in Malifaux in general, to know and be flexible and kind of counter activations when mm -hmm. you're going against your opponent. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there is something to be said for a model that can... I mean, if you really wanted to, you could use, you know, 
Gremlin Menace twice during his activation, put out Adversary on two big models, and then the rest of the crew is set up. So, I mean, there is that, but... Is that having to, stones worth, though? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> having to go first with him to do that... I, yeah, I would I be... Know. I would be tempted to bring this new Francois if he was seven soul stones. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I like most of the changes that they made to him. Um, I do think that there is some value to challenge in the crew. If they had kept hard to kill on him, because losing hard to kill is a, is a big hit yeah, for sure. Um, if they had kept hard to kill on him... And they had maybe just changed, given him like a different ram trigger where it worked like crit strike, but you couldn't get plus two damage. So it was like, it was just a flat plus one damage, uh, not stackable. Um, I think that that would have made sense because it still would have made him very vulnerable to stunned, uh, which is very good into this keyword in general. Yes, it is. Um, you know, if, if they had kept the change to Gremlin Menace, made that change to his sword, Got rid of the old front of card showdown um, because it was way too good, <laughs> and just kept hard to kill. I think yeah. he would have been in a fine spot, but okay. alas, that's not what happened. So that's okay. Well, it lets us flex and use other stuff. So what am I supposed to do with this cool model now? What am I supposed to do with this? Uh, put it in a drawer. He's got this Ringo, you know, kind of. Uh, yeah. Put it in a drawer until the next edition because he's probably not going to get touched until then. Sadly. Right. Let's. Uh... We'll put him up here next to Voldemort's lawn there. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Can, can hardly see his little ass. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the rest of this then. Uh, so for people that aren't used to playing against this keyword, maybe you don't see a lot of Bayou or, you know, whatever the case is. Maybe people don't play Kin because they are mad at those changes. This keyword is still very playable. It's very, it does have a lot of strong things going on for it. It has a lot of jank, has a lot of shenanigans, as Bayou tends to have. But this is your upgrade keyword. So, you know, if you are used to playing against like Von Schill, or if you're used to playing against uh, McMorning, people that give out upgrades, this is the up, this is an upgrade keyword. So there's generally five upgrades that. Ophelia and her young Lacroix can either attach to themselves or in the second version, you can attach to other kin models. And they do a lot of different things that I'm sure we'll get into the intricacies of it during the game. But just kind of in general, they are, I just love the names of these. Yeah. There's the cleanup duty, the trash cannon, which is probably my favorite say. Well, maybe not because there's another one here. Tar bomb, firecracker fling shock, and then the hooch igniter. So I'd say probably the hooch igniter is my favorite say in game, but... Uh, <laughs> They have, they have their weapons, so you can shoot them like normal. But also, there's two main abilities that are also built in on these upgrades. So the first one is after Ophelia basically uses it, so she's sitting there shooting her cool upgrades, she can actually discard it to plink one damage to model within one of herself. Uh, six, um, one damage within six of herself. Yeah, six of herself. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... That's just something, I mean, last night I used this to finish off a model that just had one left. I was like, you want to know what? Why don't I just use the upgrade, even if it fails? Because I think we we're both top tacking at that point. I was like, I can just discard this and, uh, yeah, get myself a little one point of damage to kill the model. Yeah, I mean, people talk about how good Dashiell 2's second slice is. Yeah. Um, and he can only do it in a fairly small area. Uh, Ophelia can do it on anything within six inches of her, and she doesn't have to be in melee. She can be shooting, doing whatever. Yeah, uh, it's super strong. I was going to say, it's even better, Jesse, if we're not... Because we were in melee, so I had to use it against the model I was engaged with. 
But if I'm not engaged, I can use the upgrade to shoot a different model after I'm done shooting that different model, you know, go ahead and discard it, do a point of damage to the model that only has one health left. Yeah, and I mean, even when you're in melee, obviously you still have to target, you can't shoot out of melee with Ophelia, Yeah. Um, but you can shoot the model that you're engaged with and then you can still deal one damage to something else. Like, it sure. Yeah, it's- It it's, just so happened in this case, the model yeah. that I was engaged with was the one I wanted to kill the one you wanted with to the kill. one damage. Right. Yeah, so but very, very flexible. The other thing that makes Ophelia so tanky and if there's assassinate in the pool, it makes it very hard to kill her is Plink. I mean, yeah. every upgrade, you can just discard it to reduce the damage by one. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, makes so, her a tank. Yeah, I mean, you take you combine that with her front of card ability where she's getting shielded basically every time your opponent targets her with an attack action. Yeah, with flinch. Between, between flinch, Plink, and stones, and then healing. That the and the bigger they are. And the bigger they are. Like, it, it's extremely hard to kill her i i think in all the time i've run her i mean probably i don't know probably edging on 40 or 50 times at this point and i think i've lost her like twice it's it, so it reminds me jesse of playing eric I, I played a lot of outcasts and eric kind of especially with von Schull 2 does the same yeah. thing where you know you have shield on him he's armor too and he's a henchman so you can reduce it with stones and there was a couple times i was taking like six damage with eric and all of a sudden i took like none <laughs> Ophelia can do kind of the same thing where it's like, oh, she does five. Well, cool. I'm going to plink. I have a shield and I'm going to reduce it by three. I take none. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a table flipping moment for uh, your opponent after yeah. they've tossed in a severe to try and actually do some damage to oh, her. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she, the, the upgrades are really flexible. Uh, they have, they do damage, but they really are meant to kind of I feel like they're almost used for those corner case situations, Jesse, where you just have some abilities like, I think the one I probably use the best is cleanup duty, mainly because it puts out injured. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll throw that on, if I'm playing Ophelia 2, which we'll get into that synergy later, uh, you can put cleanup duty on Rami, use the focus to extend it. And if your opponent turn one's all bunched up, you just put injured on a crap ton of models. Yeah, definitely. And Tar Bomb is another one that I use pretty routinely. It's uh, It has some synergy with some other models in her keyword. And uh, just being able to have a min, you know, a 3-5-6 damage track on a stat 7 that also gives burning. Yeah. Um, and then can potentially create pyre markers as well. Um, pretty gnarly. Yeah, Tar Bomb's the one I like putting on uh, Maris a lot of times when I bring her. Yeah. She's flying yeah. around, putting yeah. out some fire, and then all of a sudden you have a... Three, five, six gun on a uh, on Maris flying around, pretty yep. decent. Yes, indeed. Uh, and then I'll, the other one that note, and I'll put I'm putting all of these up so people can see them. But I would say the other one of note is probably the firecracker flingshot. Oh yeah, this one's big because especially end of game, you can just put this on a young Lacroix and just kind of monitor where people are dropping schemes, and then use the burnt to a crisp trigger and just get rid of them. Yeah, it's a it's a really big deal. It's you know it's not quite the same as having like target practice like Ophelia yeah. two does, um, but just being able to as long as you remember to budget the crow for it, removing enemy scheme markers to deny points is enormous. Especially being able to do it with a shockwave because you can like kind of you can actually kind of get it around corners and stuff sometimes because yeah. of the way the shockwave works. It's it's nice. Yeah, people are trying to hide it and stuff for sure. Um, it really makes it where your opponent pretty much has to stand on top of the scheme marker for it to not get removed. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So the upgrades are fun. We'll probably talk about some other corner case scenarios that come up as we're discussing this. But that's those are the shticks that are kind of being, you know, kind of given out to different models, given out to Ophelia. Uh, I think the next biggest question we kind of have to answer here is, Okay, we have Ophelia, and then we have Overloaded Ophelia. Mm -hmm. uh, I have played both of these in Gaining Grounds 3. I do like... So, Ophelia Lacroix is still really good. However, I will say playing Overloaded just feels better and more competitive in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. um, somebody who has more games into it, I mean, what do you think when you compare the original versus the title? Yeah, I think for general use, Overloaded is definitely the, the kind of go-to. Um she there are some pools that she might struggle in a little bit as if it's extremely killy or you really want that punch that you're going to get from ophelia one because not having access to old francois and having your damage potential go down significantly with ophelia two versus ophelia one yeah um you know there might be some pools that you still want to bring the old you know old original title um especially into those like like super killy like assassinate in your face pools uh, yeah. That's Ophelia one all the way. So if it, four out of the five schemes are killy, you might be like, all right, let's drop the original. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, the big thing with Ophelia too is that she kind of addresses a lot of the issues that the keyword has. She has great card cycling. She can help with dropping scheme markers. She yep. can help with healing, uh, which the her rating operation, which we'll get to in a little bit, just that ability on its own helps out tremendously. Plus, you can easily put focus onto your models without costing any AP, uh, which is huge because most of the kin damage tracks start with, you know, they're kind of the mods. Start with the mods are where you want to go. You want to be at the moderate damage for them. So being able to put focus out, um, especially with Randy and Raphael, is is huge, huge. Yeah, um, because and then I, the other... I think if before you go on with that, Jesse, because mm -hmm. I think like we keep saying. With Francois being out of it, you really do need to get to that mod with your enforcers. Otherwise, yeah. you're kind of really missing your damage. Yeah, I mean, if you're just shooting twice with Raphael and hitting two damage both times, uh, it's yeah. not great. Yeah. The other big thing with Ophelia 2 is that, like, in Ophelia 1, the only models that can equip the upgrades yes. are Ophelia and the Young LaCroix. And when the Young LaCroix use them, they take shots at minus two stats, so they're only stat four. And the upgrade goes away when they use it automatically. Um, you can't give it to any other models. So in Ophelia 2, her shtick is that any kin model in the keyword can take the upgrades. They don't shoot with reduced stats, so they're all shooting at stat 6, which is actually yes. better than some of them have for their base attacks. Um, yeah. So like It, it, makes, it makes the yeah. Lacroix Raiders just way better. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, most of the models in your keyword have access to stat 7 guns. Um, yeah. If they're shooting something that's bigger than them, which is like almost all the time. Almost every um, And then being able to plink to reduce damage on your support models that can't use stones is a big deal. Because they yeah. still get the shielded from flinch. And it, it makes like, Raphael was already kind of annoying to kill. And it makes him legitimately difficult <laughs> to deal with. Yeah, it definitely does for sure. Yeah, because I, I think Raphael's one of the, I think people that play Kin know how good he was. But I I think this new ability with Ophelia Overloaded mm -hmm. just kicks him up another notch where it's just like, he's really doing the heavy lifting, I feel, yeah. that Francois kind of left. 
Yeah, and really what it comes down to is like in Ophelia 1 with Raphael, a lot of times what happens is you spend all your resources on Ophelia's activation and you don't really have that much left over for Raphael. Yeah. So he just ends up kind of flipping cards and, you know, hopefully you hit and he doesn't have easy access to focus. Um, so, you know, he can do damage, but it's spiky and it's kind of unreliable because you've used your resources elsewhere. Yep. In Ophelia 2, he's your primary hitter. And Ophelia is giving him focus. She's generating card cycle to make sure that you have a good hand for his activation. And, uh, you know, a lot of times he's dropping bombs, really. I mean, yeah, and I like that because I like Overloaded. I played Ophelia 1 into a Shenlong 2 game the other day. And I had uh, Raphael has Frantic where he does the extra damage cards um, on the duel and the damage flips. And I was like, you want to know what? He's probably good for an activation. I'm going to kind of just activate Ophelia. I'm going to blast something. Since I was playing the original, I just kind of did that. But then Nick went and Raphael died. Like, he just kind of went in heavy with Shenlong and killed him. If I was playing Ophelia 2 with Raiding Operation, I could have healed him up to, And then not only... He probably would also have an upgrade at that point because it was like turn 3. So... He would have been from four to six. He would have had shielded from Shenlong coming in. And then I would have, you know, healed him up two from the triggers called time to rest um, from the raiding operation. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Uh, it just, it makes him more survivable and it makes it once again, where you can have that flexibility of activation, right? Like I don't have to activate this model now. I can kind of put a little buffer in and that'll help him stay alive to then fully mm -hmm. get what I want out of him. Yeah, Definitely. All right, so I do agree. Ophelia 1 still has her spot because I'll tell you, when I was playing her, it, it still felt great. Um, I still missed a couple of triggers. I was telling you, that <laughs> stupid strike team, I always seem to, I probably, out of the whole game, I miss it probably three out of five times. I forget about it. Um, you were actually saying sometimes it's not worth doing. Well, it just depends on, because it's another... Discard. It's another discard, and Ophelia 1 doesn't have like ready access to card draw you kind of have to jump through some hoops to get it with her sure um it was more of an issue when francois was still around in his original form uh, because he also had flurry and he had ambush he still has flurry and ambush but you'd end up having to use a discard for strike team and then you go with francois and he ends up having to discard a card for flurry he ends up needing to discard a card for ambush and you still actually need to be able to like you know hit with your attacks and stuff yeah so it, it, now, I think you're, you're going to use it pretty much all the time because you don't have that same card pressure. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah, so Ophelia Overloaded, I think, is the one we're probably going to spend most of our time talking about. Mm -hmm. She does have a custom firearm, which isn't terrible. You can put out Staggered. It's built in, which is awesome. Um, new gun, that way you just get another upgrade on her, which, you know, you can take once in a while. I think a lot of the actions are going to be spent on trick shot me personally i kind of the, mo the more i played her the more i just see like cool let's put out stunned on ulix pot pork belly protector that sounds good uh I, it was going so bad for you just, i felt so bad your cards just hosed you over last night yeah, we man. played last night it was a it was it was pretty wild um and i i thought i was because i had the ability to ricochet off of trick shot to kill penelope and I was like, oh, I, I could be nice and do this to, you know, old major. And you're like, I would rather you kill Penelope. <laughs> because you didn't want a three-inch move, stunned major, just not doing anything. Yeah. 
it would have been bad. But it has good for a laugh, which is an awesome trigger. Has ricochet, which you can really set up some like, especially those squishy models that are maybe hard to kill because maybe they're stealth or maybe you know they just have serene continence or something. Uh, so that would be a great trigger to kill something like the dispatcher for uh, for Bashel. Mm -hmm. um, plus, like I said, it's just it's moving models around and it's putting stunned out, which I found very much use in this crew because there's a lot of things that their triggers really f kin over and it's good to not deal with those <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i think you know the one of the things and we we kind of talked a little bit about this but just the way that her mechanics work supporting the crew in the way that they do can't be understated because if you just look at one of her abilities at a time you might not be able to kind of put all the pieces together yeah um, but one of the things is that, like, her give me that back on the front of her card. Anytime you discard an upgrade off of uh, a kin model, for any reason, so you, it could be for Plink, like they've uh, just discarded it to reduce damage. It yep. could have been for her using Rating Operation, which makes uh, up to three kin models discard cards, or discard their uh, upgrades. Anytime those upgrades get discarded for anything, you can pitch a card and gain Focus 1. Um, you would think that pitching a card is a problem, but one of the things that you do more often than not with rating operation is you choose to draw a card. So you end up just pitching three crummy cards, cycling for hopefully better ones, and giving focus to three models on a bonus action that doesn't even require a flip. It's pretty baller. Yeah, and I was thinking about this uh, this morning when I was kind of re-looking at some of the cards. Also, and this goes with Ophelia once again, I th and I think you mentioned it briefly there a second ago, the fact that she can discard, because it's just her, that this ability doesn't apply to the rest of the kin models, um, but on each of the upgrades, she can discard after using the upgrade, mm -hmm. do a point of damage, discard a card, and then you get a focus. So there's a lot of ability there to really build up focus, to really cycle your cards through uh, rating operation with uh, load up and... It just, there's so many little corner case scenarios that I can see the more you get with this crew, the more you're going to be like, oh, cool, I can discard this, get a focus, I can do rating operation, I can discard this, do that, you know, put a scheme down. Um, a lot of great, and <laughs> I was talking to Jim because Jim plays a lot of Bayou too, and he, he said kind of the cutest thing he saw with that all this kind of synergy going on is he did rating operation to then summon a young Lacroix and then he killed the young Lacroix to um, put a corpse next to the Lacroix Raiders because the Lacroix Raiders have what's that what you start next to it's like looting something yeah yeah looting supplies I think it's yeah looting supplies yep. so then you draw a card next to that dude just kind of doing whatever he's doing yep. so there's just so many instances and then if you have Sammy nearby you can draw a card when you damage mm -hmm. the the young so there's so many just little abilities like that. Yeah, I think one of the key things about Kin, and it's it's really, really notable in Ophelia too, is there is such a huge variety of different actions and overlapping effects that you really need games in so that you yeah. can remember what triggers when, what kind of flexibility you have. Like, one of the cutest things that I've done with Ophelia too is uh, I was playing into... Um, what do you call it? Um, oh, what's the word? Uh, Kirai 2, which is not a great matchup 
for sure. Ophelia, uh, like at all. All the incorporeal really yep. hurts. Um, but because Kirai 2 tends to play really balled up, uh, and there's usually a lot of models in a small area, one of the things that I did was I used rating operation, made one of my models that was in the shit of it drop a scheme marker, and then I used target practice with a tome to shoot my own scheme marker off the table and pulse out distracted to all of his <laughs> models in essentially a seven inch bubble. That's awesome. Um, it's like stuff, being able to identify the circumstances to use stuff like that is huge. Like just that tome trigger on target practice can be enormous. Cause if you're, you're, you're putting out unresisted distracted on yeah. three, four, five, however many models. Yeah. Um, it's, it's little cute plays like that that really kind of unlock her. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, her triggers are just so good. No no yeah. pun intended. I mean, everything on her two attack actions are good. Target practice is just good for... There's a, there's a lot of these new schemes and, and ones that came over from the previous Gaining Grounds that include just having scheme markers and spots. So mm -hmm. just having that ability to remove it with her is great. Yeah, and, you know, that's something in particular with GG3 is, like, there aren't that many schemes that actually require scheme markers. So if your opponent puts it on the table, puts a scheme marker down, and it's not to use with one of their other abilities, it's kind of a tell. Yeah. And she's a model that doesn't necessarily need to activate early in the turn, depending on how good your hand is. Um, so it's very reasonable to wait for her until, you know, mid to late turn and just, you know, start plinking off scheme markers and denying points. Yeah, so definitely like the overloaded. So I think, like I said, that's going to probably be the viewpoint of the rest of the conversation that we have. Yeah. Um, just because I think in probably 80% of the games, you're probably still taking overloaded over the original. Probably, probably. Um, and you know, if you're bringing the original, just blast them, you know, like, like Danny DeVito. Yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of really interesting play with the original. Um, with her, it really turns into a, a game of managing your own resources and being yeah. able to identify targets and knowing what trades in combat look like like what's going to happen if i activate this model first and you know kind of following the next three steps of combat and yep. planning out what's going to happen is a big deal so and there are some matchups like not not to pull away from that but like occasionally if your opponent declares a particular master uh you might want to take ophelia one because you can just dumpster them i mean like <laughs> a real extreme like a real extreme example is somebody declares jackdaw um, Ophelia 1 can literally kill him in one activation. And there's almost nothing your opponent can do about it. I've done it basically every time I've played against Jackdaw in particular, because, like, he's only got six hitboxes, uh, and he can reduce to one damage, but Ophelia can shoot him, like, seven times in her activation, and for three of those shots, she can be pitching upgrades to um, do another point, uh, do another plank of damage. Like it's basically impossible for him to survive. Yeah, because you basically you shoot three times. You either get walking arsenal or mm -hmm. whatever, and then you discard those. And when you do, you you plank. So yep, and she's got her sidearm. And I mean, it's just your opponent. Like at the start of the activation, your opponent thinks that he can keep Jackdaw alive, so he ends up sinking stones and sinking cards into it, and then. After you get four shots and you're like, all right, I'm still going. Um, he's like, what? How? Why? Now, you'll you'll dunk your whole hand in doing so. But it's worth it. But it's totally In that case. It. Yeah, yeah. So we have these three characters, just colorful 
young Laquas. You get three of them. Uh, I find that one one thing you need to expect when you play Ophelia is you're going to have around 10 models usually. Uh, depends on what your crew build is, but it's mainly because you have three totems. And yeah. they kind of seem like shit, but they do have their uses, Jesse. So how do you end up using your Laquas uh, early on? Before yeah, I mean, usually turn one uh, for, for either version. It's just, you know... They help with the unpack. They're going to walk. They're going to... I need an adult, which you're obligated to... You said to, it wrong, Jesse. Yeah, I know. You're obligated to say it in a high-pitched... I need an adult! <laughs> every time you use the ability. Um, and then they're giving an upgrade out to, you know, either Ophelia or another model nearby them. And that's it. And then after that, they're late activations that are shooting usually at a stat 4. So they're probably not going to hit. Um, but if they do hit, they can do some surprising damage... And they have really, really, really good synergy with Simi, uh, who we're going to talk about later, uh, because they do have the min one damage with a 10-inch yep. range gun, and they have the wild shot uh, trigger on their gun. So, you know, it, it's very easy to basically siphon AP from the young to shoot Sammy to give her fast and glowy. Uh, yep. They really help turn her on. It's... Uh, Pretty good. Yeah, and I was gonna say also with Ophelia overloaded, they do they they then add an extra kind of layer to things because you want to position them within two of your kin models because your mm -hmm. kin can use a bonus action when they're next to them mm -hmm. and get an upgrade. So that's essentially one of the ways you can hand upgrades to your kin models. Yep, um, and you can actually with overloaded, you can actually drop scheme markers off of the young Lacroix, which is kind of a big deal, like late game. If you have one on the table, you can, you know, they can give themselves an upgrade yep. and just walk 10 inches. And then Ophelia uses rating operation and drops a scheme marker in base contact with them. Yep, definitely. And then also the great thing, and I think this is actually one of the unsung parts of Ophelia's card, is the young aren't terrible. Like, they are functional. Yeah. You expect them to die, though, because they can just die by accident. But she has call for backup on rating operation, so you can actually just summon them back, which... Doesn't mm -hmm. seem like a huge deal, but I can see that late game being very useful. Yeah, and when she does summon them in, I mean, they don't have any downsides. Uh, yeah, they don't they're not, come they're in. Not they slow. don't come in with slow, staggered, stun, can any other conditions. They come in full health, all two of it. Um, yeah, they're uh, pretty functional, and they can definitely serve a role. You're pretty much always going to have, you know, two or three young on the table at any point in the game with her, um, and it's a freebie. It just yeah. kind of happens. Yeah, and the great thing is you can mix and match those too. So I can be like, I want to summon one young Lacroix, and then I'm going to draw two cards for the right. three different models that have the upgrades. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're they're functional. The young, I need an adult. I know we kind of did. We say what it actually did. I don't think we did. No, we didn't. So basically, you target another friendly kin within six inches, and uh, they have to be unengaged, so you can't pull stuff out of combat. Uh, but then the model just pushes into base contact with the young, which is. It's, it's kind of a big deal. There's two points of it that are important. One of them is since they changed the way that uh, Toward and Away work, um, and you can nominate uh, you know, different points on the model, you can actually, instead of just having to go straight behind them and then like walking around them, um, and you can just go kind of laterally and go to the edge of their base so you don't yep. lose movement now. And you don't push six inches, even though it's a six-inch range. You just yeah. push into base. Yeah, you told so, me that last night. I was like, holy bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not slowed by severe terrain or anything like that uh, because there's no range 
uh, component to it. It just happens. You just go go until you hit base to base. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that was nifty. I, I was I was happy when you told me that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into looking at once again kind of overloaded and honestly a lot of time the lists between uh one and two ophelia are pretty similar there are differences but we're going to focus mostly on overloaded um so what are besides her and the young what are a couple of models where you're like okay i'm gonna always bring this with ophelia or this these models are really things you're probably gonna see so basically all of the kin models are awesome um, you're not wrong. Yeah, and like even the Raiders, they the Raiders kind of stink with Ophelia one, but Ophelia yes. two has some really really good play with them. In terms of the core crew, I'm always going to take Raphael, Sammy, and Rami, 100% all the time. Maris is like a 90% take. Uh, there's almost no situation that I wouldn't consider bringing her. Yep. Um, and then the rest of it is basically just flex stones. She doesn't really need a lot of out of keyword support, but I pretty much always take Bo Peep, um, just because Bo is amazing. Um, you're, you're we're going to get Bo Peep nerfed if we keep talking about her. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> Bo, Bo Peep helps so much with the unpack, and that's really a weakness of of Kin, especially. Um, Ophelia one. They tend to have a very very strict unpack. They tend yeah. to stay very balled up. Bo Peep helps out with that and gets your models up the field. They're not a particularly fast keyword. Um, and then the incidental healing with Bo Peep's front of card ability um, is tremendous with Kin because they're already a durable keyword that is doing basically nothing but damaging Damage. opponents' models. Um, so being able to just incidentally heal the damage that your opponent does manage to put onto them uh, between the, um, the flinch and all the other stuff that they have is a big deal. Like yeah, that, that's the crazy thing about Bo is she's helping with the unpack. She can extend threat range uh, if you charge your own models. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have Sammy nearby or if you do it to Sammy, she's getting fast and then also getting glowy and then also mm -hmm. drawing a card. And then like you were saying, the race is on is just you're I'd say most turns than not. I'm probably doing that even mm -hmm. if I'm already engaged and kind of in it because it helps you kind of rearrange the scrum of it if you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, but once again, not only are you doing that, uh, so you're doing it, everybody's doing a three inch push. Doesn't matter the keyword. Usually you're going to take, I found the full contact, which gives an extra two yeah. inches to bow. But then also if you go through your models, you can do a damage to it, which then, Hey, turns on the draw card or puts fast on Sammy. There's yeah. a lot yeah, of things. Mm -hmm. Um, the only time I, I don't know, I actually want to know what. You might have examples of this. I have never found a situation where Pork Roast Rodeo is a trigger I've taken. Um, I haven't taken it once. The only time I've ever done it, I've done it like one time in Ma when I was playing multiple jockeys in the same crew. Um, but it's rare. Yeah. Pretty rare. Yeah. Um, the other thing about Bo, too, is like if your opponent doesn't respect the threat range that she has with her movement <laughs> and being able to move through models with uh... Reckless... Yeah, you can easily kidnap an opponent's model and put it literally right in front of your whole crew of killers. Yep, not in cover, not in concealment, and it's gonna die. I was also thinking of the the game that we played, and you you put on your YouTube channel there, Jesse, where I was playing Ulix two, and I used Bo just to put Ulix two right on the middle line, mm -hmm. and you were just like, "Huh, okay, well there's uh there's Ulix, cool." Yeah, yeah, and you can do the same thing with. Uh, with Ophelia, I mean, being able to do that 
with Ophelia one between, you know, using the races on to move your models up and being able to put Ophelia damn near the center line before she even activates on turn one. Yeah, you don't even need to move. You're, you're just you're just now shooting your 12 inch either gun you want to do. Yep. Yep. And because of the way that kin work, usually you go with Bo Peep first so that you can do the races on and help with the unpack. You don't necessarily have to do that with kin, though. You can still do the, I'm going to move my, you know, move up my models, uh, what do you call it, with the young LaCroix, kind of get stuff into position, and then you can go with Bo Peep kind of like mid-turn, walk, or reckless, walk, charge Ophelia, fling her up field, the race is on to move everything that's behind her upfield even more and yep. move Ophelia forward even that much more. Like, And by that point, your opponent's already activated you know, three or four models and they're in a very vulnerable position. Yeah, and I, I will say that traditionally with Bayou players, bows usually is the first activation. But you're right, you could totally get three activations in with the young, then go with bow, and you're, just, you're in the same position, just different activations, essentially. Right, and it's... It be, because not every keyword has that kind of flexibility. Like, almost all the time, you want to be going first with her in any with other Bo, keyword. Yeah. But with Ophelia, you really don't have to. Uh, and it can be more threatening if you don't. Yeah, and I just... I got, I got to say, once again, just the crowd goes wild with this keyword is just insane because there, there's lots of times where you can just straight up just be like, I'm going to shoot this model, shoot this model, end of turn, I'm going to heal too. And you, you don't take a lot of burst damage when you play Kin. Generally speaking, you're going to take one to three damage on your on the attacks coming in just because of the mm -hmm. abilities. Uh, so, yeah, it's just it, it's a really good ability to kind of pair up with, with Kin. Not necessarily an auto-include, but it's pretty good. I would consider it an auto-include. Okay, I mean, I, 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 Jesse, I'm yeah. trying not to get her nerfed. Yeah. <laughs> She's fine. Ooh. I mean, she's very, very good, but, you know, she is very vulnerable. Uh, she dies pretty easy. She so, does. Uh, you know, it's not like she's doing all this tech and then is also really hard to take off the board. Um, I, she I would is argue... easily, aside from the young LaCroix, she is the easiest model to kill in this keyword by far. Uh, you're, not, you're not lying there. You yeah. are not lying. That's why when you're like, oh, I got to shoot my bow at something. Hey, there's bow. Yeah. Bow's getting a bow. Bow's getting a bow. Indeed. So, all right, well, let's get into some of this besides Bo. She definitely definitely gets the things going here. Uh, let's go ahead and I think I, I think moving forward, we've already hinted at it, but we got to talk about Sammy because Ooh, I, I think when you add Sammy into what the crew currently does, this just keeps it where, yes, you're using resources, but because of Sammy's ability, you're, you're drawing a lot of cards. Yeah, so Sammy shares keyword with Wong's crew Whizbang, and she brings over a couple of things from that keyword. Like, anytime she takes damage from a friendly model, she's going to gain fast and a glowy token. And then anytime that she declares an action after she flips a card, she can choose to discard a glowy token to get a suit of her choice. Yep. So, generally speaking, you're going to hit her, you know, you're going to ping her once with Bo Peep first turn. Um, to give her that initial fast and glowy, and then you might hit her one other time with something else to get another glowy on her. A lot of times after that, she's going to end up getting held until a later activation on turn two and turn three when your opponent just doesn't have much in the way of cards. 
and she's got two or three glowy, and then she's fast, and she's hitting models with uh, Jinx at a stat uh, six on their willpower, and then just giving out Injured and Glimpse the Void on multiple models, uh, which essentially turns it into a TN15, and when your opponent doesn't have that many cards left, they can really kind of be in a bad spot. And yeah. there's something he said. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was going to say, even with Ulix 2, you were stat set. Well, no, technically you were stat 5 because you had injured. Injured 2, yeah. Um, but even with a model with that high of a stat, that just goes to show you that you had to burn abilities to get positives to try not to get buried. Yeah, I mean, I, I was literally burning stones for positive flips because my hand stunk and he was down to a willpower 5. Um, so I needed 10s to pass. I think so. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty rough. The other thing too is like you can't you can't overlook the drain magic trigger on her jinx. Yep. If you already have some glowy and it's early in the turn, being able to tap a model two or three times to do a little bit of damage and injure two or three and make your opponent discard cards and then allow you to discard and draw for card cycle um, can just absolutely swing the turn in your favor. It, it can be crippling. How many times do you find yourself actually using Putrefy? I mean, if it happens, it can be a point denier and a game winner. I, I um, have put yeah. those stuffed piglets in my bag per, just, just because of Sammy. Mm -hmm. I've never put them on the table because it's just there just isn't that many any scheme markers a lot of times. It just, just depends on the pool. I mean, you know, if sometimes, <laughs> she, you're going to have her anyway, and if your opponent tries to take, like, spread them out against you... Um, they're they're gonna pay for but it. But the good thing is you can use hold these for me now, so you don't have a dead, you know, dead zero action. You can use, you know, okay, well I can't use putrefy most turns, but at least mm -hmm. I can put an upgrade on Sammy. And that's one thing actually, that's a kind of a good point for the keyword as a whole. Most of the models in the keyword don't have good bonus actions. Yeah, they're not or they have they're, very or situational, situational yeah, bonus so I was actions. Say, situational situational sure. bonus actions. So the fact that you're spending your bonus actions to pick up these upgrades and overloaded uh, is yeah, I mean, really if we, relevant. If we look it, at these real quick, so I, I like that you brought that up because so you have Putrefy for Sammy. You have Shrug Off for Raph, so once again, situational. You have Quick Retreat, once again, situational for Rami. Mm -hmm. Maris, it can be, but if you have nothing in range because it's only range 5, situational. Yep. Uh... Sly has free loot, and Pear has blow it to hell, so they're all situational. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, the only one that you're almost always going to be taking other bonus actions with is the LaCroix Raiders, because between Risky Maneuver yeah. and Equality of Fate, you're pretty much always going to want to use one of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, for every other model, they are situationally useful, um, so losing that bonus action slot is not a big deal. Yep, and it's actually good. It's like a, a net positive, generally, for the keyword. Yep, definitely. Um, is there anything else you like doing with Sammy besides uh, besides that? I mean, you got Jinx. Uh, I think it's mostly just the Jinx. You're probably... Actually, you know, the Jinx, but also just the upgrades in general. If there's nothing really you want to try to bury or use Jinx for, maybe... I guess just go ahead and use one of the upgrades. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I find that Jinx is super, super, super valuable. It, it, it is. It, it's, you know, non-projectile, stat 6 targeting, willpower, gives out damage and injured, and has one situational trigger and two amazing triggers. So, like, yeah. I basically always Jinx with her two or three times uh, in an activation. 
And then her front of card ability, um, where after a friendly kin or whiz being model within six suffers damage during a friendly activation, you can draw a card. Really, really helps with um, the resource management game yep. that is a big problem uh, with kin sometimes. Yeah, and also I, I think something that I undervalue until I'm in game is just Sammy being move six is pretty big. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fast, fast model. Yep, for sure. I don't know why Sammy's faster than the other gremlins, but she is. Yeah, uh, and being move six with easy access to fast is yes. pretty awesome. Yeah, because being able to move 12, do something at range 10, or move 12, do the strat or scheme yeah. is just a big... Or, like you were saying, if Sammy has an upgrade, I mean, you could essentially move 18 if you really needed to, mm -hmm. use Ophelia's bonus to then drop the scheme. Maybe you have an end-of-game sabotage you're doing or something. Um, definitely, definitely some nice things there. Yeah, and she doesn't tend to be a priority target for most opponents. Cause... Unless you're playing Nick Westbrook, the monster. Yeah. I mean, realistically speaking, if you have a shot at Sammy, you should probably try and kill her. Because she's actually easier to kill than most of the other kin. I was just so surprised. I was like, why are you going so heavy at Sammy? He's like, because somebody bad touched me with Sammy and you're paying for it. Yeah, she can, she can definitely bad touch opponents. Um, and she's one that if you have a chance to kill her, you should probably take it. All right, so definitely Sammy. Uh, we talked, I, I mean, honestly, I don't feel like, is there any anything specifically you want to talk about with Rami? Basically, he's got a good gun and you shoot things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's literally it. He's, he's a sniper. Um, yeah. He used to be probably the best sniper in the game. Um, now he's, you know, with plus one point, some adjusted triggers and not ignoring concealment, he's far from the best, uh, but he's still great. And the reason I take him, in, especially in Overloaded, is that she Overloaded has the ability to get focus on Remy before he activates, um, so that he can then focus on his activation, use one of his focus for the plus 10 inches to, to get a 24-inch shot, and then use the other focus to actually deal the damage. Yeah. Um, you don't really, you can't really do that as easily in Ophelia 1, the way that you used to do it is you would have to use Bokors with their Obey, and they got... They used to be essentially a kin model. <laughs> they were better in kin than anything else. You don't have that option anymore, so it can be a little bit trickier to really expertly utilize Ramming in Ophelia 1. Uh, but Ophelia 2 takes care of that. And uh, just having a 24-inch gun with the potential for armor piercing and crit strike and staggered not terrible. really <laughs> forces your opponent to play around it yeah and a lot of times i've said this before but having that reach can actually put psychological pressure on your opponent and then they end up playing too cagey or making mistakes as a result yeah i mean i agree with you there because yes that's a, like a lot of threat and yes you can get that easier with overloaded but i mean when it comes to the end of the day it's still what a two Two, the three, two five. three five gun. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, if you get armor piercing, that's good. Yes, if you get crit strike, that's good. Um, yeah, you don't want staggered, but when it comes down to it, it is a stat six gun essentially. Yeah, and it doesn't ignore concealment, so you can add that into it. I mean, the focus will obviously get around that, but you know, there's things you can still do. It's not. I don't think he's as scary as he was before. No, no. I mean, now basically, if you draw your opening hand on turn one and you've got a high ram in there, you can usually rely on 
killing your opponent's totem turn one. Yeah. Almost all the time. I try um, not. I try not to do that. I. I, <laughs> when I we played. <laughs> well, I, maybe in tournament, but I'm not yeah. trying. Like when we played the other day, I could have killed Shang with uh, with Ulix too, because I could have yeah. just bowed him, just so poosh. And I hit the red Joker, and I almost one shotted your Thunderfire Archer or whatever the hell they're called, the mm -hmm. Thunder Archers. Um, Thunder Archer, yeah. And you're like, I don't know why I just didn't shoot. I'm a, I'm like, I'm a gentleman. I try not to kill totems in yeah. friendly games. Unless it's just a tournament. So. But yeah, I mean, that's usually what happens with him turn one, is I'm going to budget a high card so that I can guarantee to kill an opponent's weak minion or their sure. totem. Yeah, 100 definitely. 100 of the time. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and you were saying you can even do that moving on to Raphael, because uh, you you gave me the hint of, you, you want to know what's good on Raph is, is inferiority complex. Yeah, um, it's huge. Being ruthless and getting swagger, because he is agile, so he can just leave melee or sorry agile lets you disengage with people so essentially what with you could walk, spend, yeah yeah you yeah. could walk away and then shoot somebody in the face so that's always good yeah inferiority complex on him is is huge because he is only a stat for willpower so if your opponent has any terrifying stuff even just like incidental terrifying that's not necessarily like a key mechanic of their keyword can really screw him yeah um and because you know your opponent gets into melee with him he can just literally walk out. When he walks out, he gets a free focus, and then he shoots you. It's, yeah. it's a great combo of abilities. Yeah, so Swagger's really good with him. And the I think the thing that sold me on it, because focus is great, but you really do want to get to that mod damage on his gun because it's 2-4-5. You really want to get to that 4 because that's when you start really singing. If you have a ram, you get crit strike with it, so now you're doing yeah. 5. It's just, that's where I think the uh, the squeeze is worth it. Yeah, and, like, his having a 14-inch gun that does ignore concealment um, is pretty gross. And both of his triggers are great. I mean, he can either force your opponent to discard a card or get crit strike on a 2-4-5 track. Um, when he's routinely going to have focus for a, a number of, from a number of sources, um, plus if your opponent knocks him down to half health or... Let's say he's in a safe position. You don't really have to worry about it. And he's yeah. down to like six health. Just shoot him twice with a young LaCroix to knock him down to half. And then he just opens up. And you draw a card for that. Yeah. Yeah, you draw a card. <laughs> then he gets two shots during his activation with plus to their duel and to their damage. And then maybe he Pretty also good. has focus for one of those shots. Um, it's real gross. Yeah, and that's where you really kind of start lining this up where you're like... I mean, it, it can be a gamble because if your opponent does have a piece left, they can make you pay for that because only having four hit points left mm -hmm. on Ralph is the danger zone. Like, you're starting to starting to risk the biscuit there. Yeah, you have to be careful about it. I mean, to a certain degree, you can rely on the hard-to-kill and the shielded from flinch to make sure that he doesn't just get one-rounded, but yeah. you have to be careful about, you know, making that play things yeah yeah the other the other really big deal with him and this is going to be a very big deal in gg3 because there's so much positional stuff but his terrorize is a stat six base and because he still has bigger they are um, stat seven. he's usually going to be stat seven on willpower to push a model its move away from him um so he is actually very 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 good at denying points if he goes later in the uh later in the turn okay and if somebody engages him his melee is actually still really threatening. I mean, he's only a 2-3-5 damage track on it, but he's got Wild Shot, 
to give the plus one damage, and then you can also just incidentally hit another model that's nearby, um, like if Sammy happens to be close. One big deal with the wild shot that a lot of people don't notice is that it's actually not a negative most of the time. Yeah. Because you have to, you when you do the wild shot trigger, it does plus one damage, and then it deals another it deals one damage to a friendly model within range and line of sight but, but if they it have goes shield. by the range <laughs> well it, and it goes by the range uh the range of his melee attack so they have to be within an inch of him yeah so it really doesn't come up that often it's really that's, that's true basically just crit strike um and then onslaught to take the attack again and then daze to push the enemy model and give it stunned um, yeah he can I've do used some the, serious uh... damage in melee obviously i've used the butt of a gun in uh in situation i pretty I pretty much only use that, Jesse, if he's at the halfway mark, yeah. because I think once you're halfway, that really starts to get kind of nasty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that I great mean, triggers. Being able to, if especially with Onslaught on there, yeah, um, it's it gets pretty nasty. He can end up swinging, you know, three or four times on the same opponent with the plus to damage and plus to attack. Um, hitting the hitting that five damage happens pretty often. Yeah, definitely. Raph is one of my. Even when Francois was really awesome, I feel like most kin players always brought Raphael just because he's just a really solid model. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. All right, so then we got kind of our situational picks here with Overloaded. So we'll kind of talk about these and then we'll kind of get into general things that we like in gaining rounds to finish up the talk. So the models that I would say are pretty situational are, yep, Pair. You have Maris, you have Sly, and then you have the LaCroix Raiders. Mm -hmm. So where do you like seeing those? I find myself most times I do bring Maris. Yeah. Um, she's just a good scheme runner. She has up we go so she can throw stuff around. Um, bombs away is good, especially the not a bomb trigger. Um, her flaming bottle is really good. Uh, obviously, the upgrade we talked about earlier with what's that? The Hooch Igniter? Is that the one we were talking yeah. about? Where? No, not the Hooch Igniter. The... Uh, Tar bomb. Tar bomb. The tar is. bomb can be uh, three, five, six with her once she puts something on fire. So, I mean, you said you like bringing Maris most time than not. So, what do you really like about her? So, if one big thing with her is it, it's less of an issue with overloaded because of the way that rating operation works. But previously, she was pretty much the only way that your kin crew had access to dropping a scheme marker without using an interact action. Yep. So that was a really big deal. Uh, it's less important now. So I, usually when I take her at this point, especially in Overloaded, I'm taking her as a disruption piece, um, putting her in my opponent's face and forcing them to deal with her. And then when she dies, she blows up and deals damage to them. Yeah. Um, she also can give out, you know, uh, she can potentially give out burning, uh, to your point, so that she can set up shots from her own tar bomb, um, which is nasty. Yeah. But more often than not, she's just going in, hitting up we go on models to disrupt them and throw them out of position, and uh, dropping shockwaves with her bonus action. Uh, if you get a bunch of junk cards in your hand, uh, it's not at all unreasonable to pitch you know two or three cards uh, that are low suits, especially if she's going late and your opponent doesn't have many cards left, to be doing you know a three or four damage shockwave um, with multiple markers. It's uh, nasty. Yeah, I was going to say, I use the Bombs Away, her bonus action, a lot for the Not a Bomb trigger. So yeah. I think that was better probably last GG. Um, there yeah. was just a lot more scheme things. Um, but obviously, you still have things like Breakthrough, she's good at. Sabotage, she's good at. 
Yep, she's very um, good at that stuff, for sure. Because she can move, drop a scheme, not a bomb trigger, so then you have your two for sabotage and one activation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't gotten it to do much yet, but getting that uh, tar bomb, I'm pretty excited to try that out in one of these games, just to yeah. start getting some fire out there and then just, you know, Sega Dreamcast, throw the... Uh, yeah. Throw the bomb at her at somebody and just do a crap ton of damage. Yeah, it, it's it's a little tricky to set up because like the TN of her flaming bottle is only twelve, which is not fantastic. So, so like you can't necessarily rely on getting what, the burning out. What I'm hearing you say is that then I need to bring pair. Yes. And pair, breath of fire people. <laughs> pair is a sleeper sleeper hit. So I love sell, that too. sell me. So first off, I have to say this because I've caught a couple of kin players who have been surprised by this because he is only size one mm-hmm. but he does come on a 40 mil base he does. okay true story I know, i've seen some people that put him on a 30 i was like he's on a 40 yeah you definitely um, want him on a 40 too that's do. for sure oh yeah but yeah something on pair tell me why i should bring this crazy old grandpa uh more often so pair is amazing um he He's only, you know, stat four defense and willpower, but, you know, Maris is still stat four defense and willpower. And the flinch really goes a long way uh, towards making sure that he stays up. Um, It actually means that he's going to be getting shielded even when, like, stat five models attack him, uh, which happens kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, And you kind of want him to die, (laughs) to be honest. Like, a lot of times turn one, he's just double walking uh, to get into position. The blow it to hell on him is a really big deal. Um, even if you're not trying to remove markers, we were talking about this before, but one of the big weaknesses of the keyword is they don't really deal with cover that well. Uh, and because most of their mins are two, it hurts them a lot. Yeah. Um, so being able to drop blow it to hell uh, and ignoring the cover component. It's good. Really, really opens things up for, um, excuse me, uh, really opens things up for some of your other models. And he, if you draw into the right cards, he can do a staggering amount of damage. So can you walk, and this is your, your I think you're talking about the Breath of Fire. Yes. Uh, so can you walk through this interaction? Because it's actually quite hilarious, especially if your opponent's punched up. Right. So if, you, if you're going into turn two, and your opponent has a bunch of models balled up. And you probably have um, focus because of overloaded. You probably have focus because of overloaded. Uh, what you do is you charge pair right into the middle of him, get him within three inches of as many models as you possibly can. Yep. You take your attack with your burn stick just because, I mean, that's what you do. Um, it's his only melee attack. And you might, do, you might do some damage, you might do some burning, whatever. Then you Breath of Fire with a high crow. Uh, because Breath of Fire uh, you can use in melee. Uh, it's already a great attack. You're going to use your focus on the Breath of Fire. Yep, for sure. Don't use it on the burn stick. Now, you're probably going to hit a moderate, and if you get real lucky, you're hitting a severe. So you're doing four with a double blast that's also putting burning out on all these models. Yep. You hit the crow trigger, so the target is going to suffer plus three damage. So they're potentially (laughs) taking seven damage. Um, And then he dies at the end of it, but he has explosive demise three. So you're blowing up for another three damage. In a three-inch pulse, or a, uh, what do you call it? Three-inch pulse? Two-inch pulse? Whatever it is. I think it's Two-inch pulse. Yeah, no, no two-inch two two inch pulse. So you're blowing up for another three damage within a two-inch pulse. You're dealing ten damage to the target of the attack, plus it has burning on it from the first attack that it had, and you've probably blasted onto 
one or two or maybe even three other models because the double blast can do a lot. They all have burning, and now they've taken three damage apiece. Um, it will ruin your opponent's day when that what's actually the, happens. Uh, what's the highest body count you have with that, Jesse? Um, I think I did like 16 or 19 damage in an activation with him one time. And you kill, what, two or three models? Uh, two or three models. I can't. It was a long time ago. I can't remember exactly. Um, it's yeah. Like it's uh, actually honestly, I do. It was against the Terra. It was against the Terra player. So I killed Aeonis in one go because he had no stones left. So he just like, Aeonis just died, and then I blasted <laughs> onto a uh, onto two Void Fleas and uh, did some damage to Terra herself because uh, she happened to be near the center at that point. So yeah, it killed. Aeonis, and it killed two Void Wretches, and it did a bunch of damage to Terra. Yeah, and it's, it seems like magical Christmas land, but it's actually not. I mean... It's not hard to set up. Because, literally, you're going to have focus, and it's, honestly, I think the... I think it's really on your opponent how much damage that's going to do. One, they ha either have to recognize it and kill him before it happens, which is doable. I mean, he's not the hardest thing to kill. He only has seven... Uh, but, I mean, but, seven wounds with shielded on every attack. Yes. Like, it takes a while to chew through that. But that's the thing, right? So, <laughs> it's up to your opponent to use the APs to try... It's it's just like that scene in the Two Towers where you have the troll running yeah. with the fire stick and Legolas is sitting there trying to drop him and he just dives in and blows up, the wall blows up. That's pair, that's pair Ravage right there. Yeah, and if if you don't end up with a situation where it makes sense to do that... You don't kill him. That's fine. You just don't kill him. He has yeah. other abilities that are great. Just Breath of Fire on its own is a super, super, super good ability. Um, and yes. if, if you do nothing but Breath of Fire and blow it to hell the whole game, he's still giving you a lot of value. Yeah, and I think that I think that's a good point, Jesse. That's not something... I, I mean, there's probably a lot of games you just don't even take that trigger on, uh, yeah. on Breath of Fire. Um, I do love that the trigger's called No Down Pig. Like, the pig is getting too close to the fire, and then he accidentally lights the pig. Yeah. But The uh, other thing, too, is he is a real good candidate for Tar Bomb in Ophelia, too. Yes. All of his abilities give out burning, um, and it's not based on shockwaves. So yeah, that's a better you, point. If you Breath of Fire and hit, you know, hit your primary target for two and burning, maybe you get lucky and you get some blasts on it. Now you're taking your follow-up shot with the Tar Bomb, and you're doing three, five, six yeah. with blasts pretty gross yeah yeah and so i'm actually he's probably the model that i'm most excited to put in one of these lists that i try out here pretty soon with ophelia um just because he's just he just seems like a wild card like he just does some things where and i don't think a lot of kin players traditionally bring him no because they always took francois and now you don't have that nine stone tax so to speak for playing kin and Freeze it opens it up. you up to being able to bring other models yeah, that's fantastic. I'm excited about that model. Uh, I think, obviously, we talked about the LaCroix Raiders. Generally, they're just going to do whichever bonus is probably most efficient for them, and then they're going to take an action on one of the upgrades that they're given. Mm -hmm. I'm actually more curious on your use of Sly. I, I have a lot of games with Sly because I actually like him quite a bit. Sure. So I'm kind of curious to hear what you think about him. Yeah, so before we get into Sly, there were a couple of things that I wanted to point out on the LaCroix Raiders. Yeah, good. are pretty key. So one of the big ones is they have easy targets. So when this model's unengaged, its attacks all get plus flips when targeting models that don't have cover or concealment. 
So if you put cleanup duty on them with Ophelia overloaded, line of sight. it ignores line of sight. And because it ignores line of sight, your mo the target doesn't get cover or concealment unless they have it from like sputtering exhaust or something yep. like that. Um, and it's a base stat six plus one from bigger they are. So he's shooting a stat seven with a plus flip all the time. Going to put injured on shit. Going to put injured on stuff. Going to put out glass markers. It has, you know three or four blasts or something stupid like that on the severe um four, four blasts four. and because <laughs> because they have risky maneuver uh as a bonus action they can get focus to take those cleanup duty shots and drop the nasty. quadruple blasts it, it's pretty pretty nasty how, um their how regular gun kind of stinks uh, before you talk about yeah obviously not their crappy gun yeah their crappy uh, gun it sucks you find any use for the glass shards you just put that down to cause pain on your opponent's feet yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those that punishes your opponent for bunching up, um, and you can clog up movement lanes with them. I mean, they're they're not... It's just one When damage. you get it, it's great, um, but it's not something that you necessarily need to budget cards for unless your opponent really uh, puts themselves in a bad position. Yeah. So, And then the other thing, too, is like they do have looted supplies, so it does give you another source of card draw, and because with Trash Cannon, you can drop scrap markers in base contact with your opponent's models when you shoot them, yeah. You can put scrap markers in easy-to-access spots for the LaCroix Raiders to park on, and then you just get card draw every, every activation with them. Yep. Yep. So going back to Sly. Good old Sly. Sly's the, Sly. New, Sly's the new guy in town. He just got added with um, Malifaux Burns. He's the one like, hey, gremlins, you like a bunch of guns? Yeah. Check so it out. He's a really cool model, and he, he does stuff that nothing else in the keyword does. Um, I'd argue some stuff that a lot of stuff in Bayou doesn't do. Yeah. So he, he brings some tools uh, that we just didn't really have access to before. And again, he was kind of in that same position as Pear. Like, he was tough he to just ran out of you points, right? Friends. Well, he ran out of points. Now you have the flexibility to take him. And I've been taking him kind of a lot. Um, he does some really cool stuff. Um, you know, he still has flinch. Uh, he doesn't have bigger they are, obviously, because he's not a, not a gremlin. But he still has flinch. So... With a stat four defense, you're probably going to be getting that shielded pretty often. It does make his six wounds last a lot longer than you might think. Um, and he does have built-in squeal on his defense, which is pretty slick. So a lot of times your opponent's <laughs> going to get one shot at him. Sly is mobile as hell, dude. This Super dude scoots mobile. around. He's just, yeah. he's just pushing his little gun cart around just as fast as he can. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, once in activation, he moves when another model takes a shot within six. He, that's going to happen all the time. Your opponent shoots him, he gets to squeal. He's got escape plan, so he can uh, move when he's near either a table edge or impassable. Yep. And because, um, what do you call it? Uh, because guard the stash and covert operation drop impassable markers, uh, you can trigger that off of the strap markers, which is pretty slick. Um, and then his big thing is he has false claim. So yeah. false claim is super good. Um, well, tell him why, Jesse. Tell him why it's so good. So... <laughs> For, we for all one thing. We buy you players know. <laughs> yeah. For for one thing, his false claim actually has triggers, uh, which usually it false claim doesn't. They're so good. Do They're anything. so good. Yeah. So with these, one of them is you know once per activation, another friendly kin model within three inches of one of the drop markers gets to take a gun. Gets to take a Just shot. Just free shot. Just free, free shot. shot. Which also triggers Sly's front of card ability to get more movement. Uh, the other one is again once per turn. Uh, he has to be within an inch of blocking terrain, which isn't really that hard to do. It's not. You place him anywhere within eight inches of his current position and within one inches, 
100 blocking terrain. So it's like a super, it's like a leap crossed with a secret passage. Yeah. Um, very, 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 very good. Can I tell you the best situation I've had with this so far? Mm-hmm. So basically I, I've hit the sneak away. So I used that. So I put down the two uh, scheme markers next to, actually, I think it was Raphael with 12 cups. I think for some reason I put 12 cups on them instead. Um, or no, it was Rami. But anyway, so put those next to Rami. So he had two ski markers for 12 cups of coffee. And then I did the sneak away and I snuck away to the sabotage target that I took. And then I used false claim again to put two more down there and ended up getting sabotage, ended up getting a couple of schemes. Uh, the only thing is you do have to remove a scheme marker at the end phase. So you do need to somewhere find spots to put more scheme markers down just to account for that if you're going to score something like sabotage right but in overloaded that's not really a problem because you yeah. can drop multiple scheme markers with her um, correct her thing there's another really cute thing you can do with him um it's probably more useful in ophelia one but you could certainly do it in ophelia two as well um in ophelia one it, it, it can be pretty gross though <laughs> so it it requires a lot of points uh, but what you want to do is you put 12 cups of coffee on Ophelia and you put it on Raphael, typically. Yep. Um, you do your unpack, all that stuff. And then before either of those two, model go, those two models go, you go with uh, Sly, who's in between them. You false claim twice and put two markers on Ophelia's side and two markers on Raphael's side. And then when those models activate, they get to use the bonus action, mark territory on 12 cups, yep. remove those scheme markers and get focus two as a bonus. Um, obviously it requires multiple upgrades, which frankly those upgrades are good anyway. So like, it makes him a deal. 10 stone model essentially. Yeah. It makes him a 10 stone model. Uh, but it, because Ophelia one doesn't have access to that out of activation focus and it's better. It, it's really, really a lot better. Yeah. I actually used that to charge and kill the uh, wind golem because I had the focus so I could really dump into that first attack did max damage, he did his butterfly jump, shot him, I think I did mod damage because I could cheat in another like severe for damage. Mm -hmm. And I ended up killing it because then I strike teamed into Raphael, used his focus, killed the some bitch. So it was yeah. uh it was good. It's pretty good. It's um it's not something you'd necessarily do all the time because it's I mean it is a lot of points. And yeah, you don't do it that... the whole turn, but I think early turns you can set it up like yeah, doing one it, and two. Doing the turn one. I mean, you do it turn one and then you never do it again, and you focus on getting Ophelia into melee because she actually has in Ophelia one she has a lot more damage potential if she's yeah. in melee than if she's at range. Um, and then twelve cups just does what twelve cups does. So yep. great. Shuts it off. Yeah. Um, aside from that, like his gun kind of stinks. You never really want to take that. Most of the time, you're just going to be moving around and you're going to be setting up uh, your other models and scoring scheme points with him. So, yeah, he's deceptively fast. So, like he could, he could, I could see him setting up that focus bomb turn one, and then if you see a path to it and there's something like breakthrough, just go run him as your breakthrough model. Yeah, yeah. So the the only other sometimes higher that I would bring up because um, I think we're done with all the kin models at this point, right? I think we, we are. About all of them. Is I do, in either Ophelia 1 or 2, if you're expecting it to be a fairly static stand-and-shoot type game, the Lucky Effigy is really, 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 really good with kin. 
um, especially with all the focus that you can generate um, if you're doing that funky combo with Sly or just in Ophelia 2 in general. So you're not even talking about with the upgrade? You mm -hmm. just you just like the, let's cheat off the top? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll take it with the upgrade if I've got the stones, but a lot of times you need a high cash. So being able to cheat off the top is really good in Ophelia 1 because it is that that version of the keyword is a little more strapped for resources. You tend to go through your cards real fast. Sure. And getting access to focus and being able to cheat your damage flips off the top if you flip weak is, um, it can be pretty impactful. Uh, it's, it's something that, you know, it does require you to stay a little bit more balled up, but if it's going to be one of those games where you're doing Assassinate and you're doing Vendetta and maybe you're just going to worry about scoring most of your strat points later on, um, it can be pretty brutal to play into. Yeah, and I think another thing when I was talking to you about Kin and just some things that you like bringing, uh, you, you told me in general that Whizbang models tend to pair up pretty decently well with Kin. Yeah. Um, are there any more Whizbang models that you've brought with Kin that you're like, I kind of like bringing this once in a while? Yeah, I mean, Alphonse has a terrible model. Sorry, weird. I, I love you guys. but that You mean the actual sculpt, right? The actual sculpt. He's um, but he, he's pretty derpy and he looks goofy on that big base. Um, it... <laughs> He has a lot of great play with Kin because he brings in a second heavy-hitting melee model. Um, he's a lot of points, but he also has Toss. Um, <laughs> so Toss is really, 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 really good. It's so um, funny. Especially with Ophelia 1. Um, play, pay, playing him as your second beater in Ophelia 1, if you don't really need some of those other tech picks, can be pretty gross because you end up you know, you take Sammy always, and Bo Peep, you know, charges through both of them, turn, or runs through both of them with the races on turn one to give him fast and focus. Alphonse tosses you, Ophelia you mean, 10 uh, inches. You mean fast and glowy, right? Fast and glowy, yeah. Alphonse tosses Ophelia 10 inches up the board before she activates, and you usually hold him until late in the turn, because he's not going to get to grips with anything anyway. Yep. And now all of a sudden Ophelia is right in the middle of your opponent's crew, or in easy firing position where she's going to be able to take three shots. Um, and then he's just a generally durable model. Um, he can build in the suits for, the, especially the sweeping strike on his melee, can do tons of work. Um, yeah, he's just he's just good. I don't take him all the time, but um, I've never taken him and been disappointed. What's, uh, I mean, I guess, what's in a pool that makes you decide, like, hey, I want to bring him? Like, what, what are some red flags because i think some people are like okay well you don't bring them all the time so when do you like like what flashes in the pool or your opponent that you're like oh this would be good here um a, a, a game where i'm going to need to close the gap quickly um like if it's going to be a far deployment like a corner he's particularly good for that because be, between bo peep and him um i mean there have been times when turn one i've done nothing but walk once with him and toss two models yeah. um it works uh, and then <laughs> well you that, so you toss Ophelia toss uh, either Rami or Raph on the midline and then you have a few shots going down range yep yep and then it sets him up in a good spot for turn two uh, he's usually going to be far enough up uh, far enough up the board between you know the races on uh, from Bo Peep and then him just even walking once that he's going to be able to uh, you know walk charge something turn two yeah and I will say because I brought him out a keyword before I brought I've actually brought him out a keyword with Maw before. Um, just to chuck Maw into somebody's crew and go do work. Um, and it's good. One thing I would say playing Whizbang, because obviously if you've played Wong, you bring, he's an auto-include for Wong. Yeah. He's just too good not to bring. 
but he's it, the problem with him and Wong's crew is he's not the best model to initiate the engagement because right. he can get burned down pretty quickly. He's better off in this situation where you're putting some other beaters up the board and he's kind of that second wave that's going to kind of help go clean stuff up. Yeah, definitely. And then just the interplay between the whizbang keyword abilities and the young LaCroix that we talked about with Sammy doubles for him. Um, it gives you multiple models that you can potentially just waste actions with the young giving fast and glowy to. Yep. Uh, and it makes those wild shots on their ranged attack really, really valuable. Definitely. Especially if you get that trigger, like you were saying, that way you can get the uh, fast and glowy with just the, uh, the one shot, right? Yep. Yep, absolutely. All right. What about uh, the only other model I think from Whizbang I would think about taking is the uh, Gatro Bokur. Do you bring them at all anymore or no? No, I, I don't. I mean, I used to bring them all the time because they were like so good. bananas good. <laughs> um, they were too good and they needed to be fixed, to be fair. So um, were they fixed? Feel, um, well, now... The only time I ever take them is basically as a tax when I'm playing Whizbang because I need the pulse heals. Sure. In Wong One, um, that's pretty much it. So, okay. unfortunately, I can't really see taking them outside of that. Uh, they should never have had Obey. It was super busted to be able to have a friggin' six stone model yeah. with a suited Obey. Uh, okay. Not not good. And Deja Vu was too good, really. I mean, that's why you took them with Kin because they helped to uh you could easily get fast and glowy on them and then you could do you know two or three deja vus in an activation to generate the resources that the crew needed um i don't really miss not having them they were really good while they lasted but i can't really see taking probably any other whispering models okay any other model i mean gen i mean we've already talked about all the models that i think i would consider but is there any other just random corner picks that once in a while you'll bring with ken um not really. I mean, I have ever taken, like, if it looked like there was one part of the board that I could really jam up for my opponent, I have ever taken a Bushwhacker out of Keyword, because they still do just as much work in Kin. They just don't have all the synergies with, like, Ophelia too. Yeah. I, I don't really feel like I'd need to reach for them very often, and in terms of other tech stuff, um, no, not really. Okay, that's good to know. So... Generally speaking, last thing we're going to kind of discuss for the keyword is uh, we, we've generally talked about it a little bit, but let's start with the strats and then we'll go into the scheme. So sure. uh, looking at strat wise, uh, obviously cursed objects is always kind of the number one you reach for with this crew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're they're probably because you don't have you don't have to yeah. be next to the model you kill. No, you're probably they're probably the best keyword in the in the faction. And quite frankly, they're probably one of the best keywords in the game at cursed objects. They are ex they have extremely good range threat and they're very difficult to kill. Yeah. Um. So it can be very tough for your opponent to score on you. Yeah, and definitely cursed objects is always good. Um. Let's look at the other ones. We said carve the path is doable, but I think that one's tough just because, like I said, you want something typically with fast to move the carve marker. So maybe that's something you could bring some whiz-bang stuff with fast to yeah. go do, I guess? I don't know. I mean, you can you can do it. I mean, Sly does a fine job of it. That's true. Um, but the the bigger concern, like I said before, is mostly that you're actually having to put concealing markers usually in between you and your opponent, 
And if you're not careful, you can actually kind of screw yourself. Or if your um, opponent's savvy to that, they can put it in front of them. Right. I mean, you're going to have four concealing markers on the board that are always going to, pretty much always going to be between you and your opponent. Yeah. Uh, and aside from Raphael, nothing in the crew ignores concealing. Uh, so you can you can actually give yourself some real problems there. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, guard the stash? Do you like that with this crew? I can see them doing this one. Pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Guard the Stash is great, um, especially with Raphael or with Terrorize, like like we were talking about. And then Sammy, that's the time that you would potentially use the Under Pressure Trigger on her Jinx instead of the other ones, because you can deny points with it. And you have Trick Shot. Yeah, and you have Maris, so you can pick up models and, and drop them away from the Guard markers. Like, it's, it's a very good crew for it. You should be able to deny your opponent scoring pretty easily. Yeah, that one's tough for me, though, because when I see that one, I'm just like, eh, Brewmaster's so good at that one. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, there there might always be a, a better But they can still fit. do it. Uh, they can still do it. I think, quite frankly, they can probably do it just as well as Brewmaster can, um, especially the denial piece. Sure. Yeah, they can't, uh, they can't be in the area if they're dead, right? And you just have so many ways to knock your opponent's models out of position. Yeah. Very reliably. Um, yeah, it, it, it can be tough for them to deal with. Yeah, I think the one that we kind of both agree on that they're not great at is Covert Operations. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. Um, that's kind of one of those kill first, score later things. Um, <laughs> you can. It, it, that's one of those that, like, if I see a really, really good Ophelia 1 pool and it's Covert Ops, okay, I'm going to play a six-point game. I'm going to so score four points on my two Vendetta, schemes. You're still seeing Vendetta. You're still seeing Assassinate. I'm going to score four points on my two schemes. I'm going to score two or three points on the strategy, and you're not going to have any models left. So you'll score two points probably. And we were talking about this. You said, what, probably the best model for your Vendetta target is probably Ralph? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he can stay at long range. He's difficult to kill. Ophelia 2 can help heal him and keep him on the, on the table. Um, and he has a substantial uh, damage output. So, yeah, he's a great choice. Cool. And we're talking about especially Ophelia schemes. So looking at all the schemes, we said Breakthrough, Vendetta, or sorry, not Breakthrough, Vendetta, Assassinate, Hidden Martyrs, and then In Your Face. Yeah. Are those the four you're kind of just really looking out for? Um, I, I usually look for Leave Your Mark as well um, okay. because... Ophelia has so many ways in both versions to remove enemy scheme markers. It makes it very hard for them to score against you. And a lot of times you're going to be controlling the middle of the board uh, because you're just murdering their models. Uh, it's pretty easy to score. And you just have a lot of models that just trigger drop schemes places. Yeah, and especially with Ophelia 2, uh, it's trivially easy to score leave your mark. Yeah, it's just like, cool, discard this drop scheme, sweet. Yep. Um... What do you call it? Public demonstration can be a good pick for them. It's It can be a tricky scheme, but 18 cost, where most of the kin models are six or seven points, yeah. uh, it's actually pretty easy, especially if you take a LaCroix Raider. Like, you can very easily pick LaCroix Raider and uh, Pear and Maris, and you're probably going to score that, okay. uh, almost without a doubt. In Your Face, like you said, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, there really aren't that many that they aren't good at. Like, Breakthrough is tough because you can do it, um, especially with Ophelia 2, because she can, you can rely on her to do the marker dropping and then just have your other, your models do the moving. 
Yeah. Um, but I don't love it unless it's like maybe like flank or wedge. Uh, yeah, I usually, and if I've done it, I've either ran like Maris over there or you could technically get Sly in a situation where he gets in there probably late game. Yeah. Um, maybe a random Raider you could get over there pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, the big the big one that you pretty much are never going to take with Kin is catch and release. Uh, they literally have one minion, LaCroix Raiders. And they're and not exactly the most durable things. don't want them near your opponent because they'll just die. So yep. you're never going to take catch and release with this crew. Yeah, because what, a LaCroix Raider, they only have five hitboxes. <laughs> yeah, their stats stink. Uh, Flinch only gets you so far. It does. And you have to get them in and then get them out. Um, not, that, not awesome. The escape route is the usually the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so but I, everything I else that. is pretty much on the table. I mean, they can do sabotage, especially Ophelia 2, pretty easily. Um, load them up, I almost never take. I just think it's it's just too hard a scheme. So I don't really consider that. That is my dead scheme in this packet. I mean, if your opponent has models that are bunched up, I can see you scoring it. Like, if, if it's just like, hey, there's a scrum going on, okay, now I'm going to drop a scheme. No, and... load him up is the six marker one. Oh, what am I? Oh, I'm thinking of... Uh, You're thinking set it? the trap. Yes. Yeah, set the trap is doable. I agree. So I, I do agree with you. Load him up is problematic. It's it's a dead scheme. Unless you have a crew like like Zip, where you can reliably drop a ton of markers. I was going to say... You're having to spend AP to do it, like... I don't know. There are probably crews in the game that can do it, like uh, like Sandeep. I mean, that he can probably do that one without too much trouble. I was going to say, Sonya and Mask can do it pretty easily, because yeah. it's just your blast turned into pyro markers. Yeah, I mean, Rasputina 1 is probably the one that you are pretty much guaranteed to be able to get that. Well, but plus, they, they also have to be more than an inch away from each other, and sometimes that's a problem. Yeah. Um, I know I played Nick when he actually um, came out here to Charleston, and he uh he did it, but then he realized like, oh, these are all like base to base, so this doesn't count for anything. Cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> six markers is a lot. It um, is. And it, yeah, I, I just I'm probably never gonna take it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the I think there's only a couple of Bayou Masters that could probably do this. I think Zip's probably one of them, and I think Somer Lootmonger is probably the other one. Yeah, maybe. Um, because there's just been games I've played with Somer Lootmonger where I have 10 scheme markers out all over the place because models keep cheating. Right. Right. So that happens. Um, any other any other just tips, tidbits that you want to say as uh, as the resident uh, kin aficionado, whatever you want to call yourself? Um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of it is, you know, I said it before, but you got to get reps in with this crew. Um, you, you can just, you know apply hand to face and smash your way through your opponent's crew. But there's so much second level play available to this crew. Um, you really need to familiarize yourself with all of their abilities, all of the upgrades and be able to identify when to apply which ability. Uh, and that's even more so in Ophelia too. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point. We've talked about a lot of like the second level stuff, but I think if you are like a newer player, this keyword is fantastic. Yeah. One because I think you only have to buy maybe a couple boxes for yeah, it. Like maybe maybe, like, three, maybe I think three. it's three boxes. You have to buy the copycats box, and you have to buy the core box, and Sammy? Is she in copycats? She might it's, be. It's Maris, Maris. I can't remember, but it's I like three it's, boxes. Yeah, it's like three boxes. It's cheap to get into, and they're easy to learn the core mechanics of the game, and they really let you spread out 
um, into that second level. Yeah, I was going to say, because you, you start off and you are just shooting stuff, so you're like, I'm going to move and I'm going to shoot and pew pew and yep. I have upgrades, cool. The upgrades let me do things, pew pew. Yeah. And then as you kind of grow and develop, you're like, oh, I found this cool new interaction and yeah. this cool new one. Mm -hmm. So it definitely does allow you to grow really well as opposed to some beat stick masters who that's kind of all they do. Yeah, I mean, when Gaining Grounds 3 launched, I played 25 straight games of Kin just to learn because I knew that I was going to be able to learn the game mechanics pretty well using them and yeah. they were very effective. Um, that's a lot of games. You, you it don't, is. You don't need to spend 25 games. Uh, but it just goes to show that they're, um, they're a great keyword for somebody who's just getting into the game and they look cool too they do they're just like this western just gonna shoot you up kind of crew they're kind of ridiculous the only thing i don't like is the ridiculously oversized gremlin totem yes where weird. she's apparently like a six foot tall gremlin yes weird please don't change any of the other keyword models if you re-release the box but but change please, that please, please do the young lacroix because <laughs> the other two are the yeah, other two are young fine. are fine because one's one you have two ones on their shoulders with a slingshot yep. the other one's mooning your opponent yeah um but and then that, you have this giant gremlin goofy. like i think if you stood her up she'd almost be the same height as a swinehurst she's tall yeah she's a tall gal yeah definitely well jesse anything else you want to share anything you want to plug obviously you got your cool background but anything else you want to let the people know <laughs> yeah i mean you can keep an eye on the boring conversation feed we've been posting a lot more games on our youtube channel um just you know i i've been enjoying streaming recording and posting those uh we do have a couple of pod releases that are coming up pretty soon they might even be out by the time you hear this um we do have uh what do you call it? Uh, probably the next big one. Armorcon's coming up in like two or three weeks. So, at the, you know, probably too late by the time you hear this to register and go. Uh, but we do have uh, another big GT tournament that's planned for the second weekend of December. Um, it's, um, what do you call it? It's going to be at a new convention called Everwinter uh, up in the Boston area. Uh, and then we have, of course, Captain Con coming up real soon. Uh, the events actually just got posted for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to be doing the Content Creators Invitational again, and then the two-day GT on Saturday and Sunday. So really, really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, and last year we had a good amount of people. Hopefully we can have the same zeal and energy uh, that we had. Uh, yeah. I feel, I feel like our tournament was one of the better ones. It just felt good. We were kind of in our own area. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, we had a blast. The um, one thing that is uh, one thing one thing that we're discussing with the convention organizers right now is last year they said that they were so impressed with our event and so impressed with our players and uh, how flexible we were, how easy we were to work with, and the attendance um, that they're actually floating the idea of turning the uh, not the content creators invitational but the GT into a ticketed event. Um, which means that, yes, there's there would be an additional fee to play in the event, but they would be able to provide a ton of extra resources and they'd be able to give us a ton of prize support. Nice. Um, so that's something that we're probably going to look into. I mean, an extra, you know, 20 bucks or whatever it is on top of the other costs for the weekend are kind of irrelevant, to be totally honest. Yeah, when you're traveling like that. And I would say, just to give people an idea off that, I think... Besides 40K and Age of Sigmar and War Machine, I'd say Malifaux was probably the next biggest tournament that was there. 
Uh, yeah, there were actually more Malifaux players than there were War Machine players at that oh, event. Wow. Um, the only thing that beat us was the 40k event for tabletops. That, of course, they had some other like CC. What about Age of Sigmar? Um, I believe that we had more players than Age of Oh, Sigmar. wow. That's uh, awesome. But I, I could be mistaken there. Yeah. Uh, suffice it to say, it's going to be great. Last year, we ended up with like 34 or 36, something like that. Um, and we may potentially even be able to go above 40, um, especially if it becomes ticketed because we'll have even more space. Um, but yeah, it, it should be great. It's going to be a big, big event. Yeah, and I, I was talking to Chris about that because, you know, I know I have a lot of friends that don't play Malifaux, but I was like, you know, there's every, every pretty much every major game that is played tabletop-wise gets played there. Yeah. So I think I it's one of, it's easily been one of my favorite cons I've been to lately just oh, because it's, you get the gaming of the weekend experience without the, just ridiculous, just unnecessarily huge crowds of like thousands yeah. of people. Yeah, and um, it's not an expensive event. I mean, the lodging is reasonable. The flights into Providence and it's are all reasonable. on site. It's yeah. all right there. It's all right so there. Coming out of state, that's huge because I can just, you know, and it. There's actually a pretty easy way to walk over to get food and stuff oh, too. Yeah. Um, there was a grocery store right there, so we got groceries for the weekend, and yeah, we just would hang out in the con and hang out game drink and go get some food afterwards and got to meet some cool people um definitely hopefully, hopefully cool we don't con. get an ice storm like we did last year that was uh yeah i mean i think, I awesome. think everybody got there though <laughs> i literally had to i'm not kidding when i say i had to scra scrape an inch of ice off of my windshield of my car the next day it, it was literally an inch of yeah ice. chris and cool. i got there a day early so that was good because we didn't have to do like the ice storm hit the day after we showed up yeah Pretty dope. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's all I got for now. All right. Well, Jesse, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your uh, kin knowledge. I had to get a Bayou episode out because I'm starting to play them again. Yeah. They're just... Bayou's home. That's all I'm going to say. Bayou's home. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And then the, the only closing thoughts that I would say on kin are, um, you know, don't overlook them if you're, if you're running into Bayou. I honestly think that they are one of the strongest keywords that we have in the faction. Uh, I would put, you know, in terms of high uh, skill ceiling masters, I mean, Ophelia 2, Brewmaster 2, Ma 1, and uh, Zip 1, they're all really, really high um, on in power level. They're, they just, yeah, it... it I put her near the top of the heap in Bayou. Yeah, I think that was my problem for a while, is that those three masters kind of overshadowed Kin for a while for me. Um, so I don't have as many reps, but the more reps I get into it, the more I'm like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot here that uh, people aren't going to like. It's fine. Yep, yep. So yeah, All right. uh, that kind of wrap it up, I guess. Yep, Jesse, make awesome. sure that uh, you're flipping cards and flipping tables, and uh, we'll see you all next time.